T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we are back out in the wild again. Last year's resolution coming to fruition this year. Yeah, why not? As uh, we have gone out like three of the last four weeks now, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, and I've still been talking with the Ruse boys, and I'd like to get out there as well. And we're going to go to Occidental at some point as yep, well. So, yep. you know, we're, we're getting out there. We're doing things. We're meeting people. We're shaking babies and kissing hands. <laughs> we're doing fun things. So we're back at Bridgetown Beer House today. This is our second time recording the podcast here. We did our sports and beer episode Last year, way back in the day, like April or something last year, we were watching like a Champions League game here or something, and we and we did we talked some sports, we talked some beer. So we're back today because they have a special event today, and uh, we've been teasing it on the radio station, and we've mm-hmm. been teasing it out there, so you guys know about it already. But uh, if you're listening to this and they're still open, then come on down. They're doing the Battle of the Brands today, which is a distributor-based blind taste test, similar to kind of what we did with the IPA Challenge out on Hawthorne Hop House a month or two ago. Yeah. But different because it's uh, a bunch of breweries that are not necessarily from this state. Yeah. So it's uh, alebriated distribution and day one distribution, and there are eight different beers uh, from Urban Family Brewing, Jackie O's, Standard Brewing, Beachwood Brewing, Alvarado Street, Varietal, Chuckanut, and uh, Skookum. I could read that logo. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to do that as part of our final segment. We're going to do. We're going to taste all the blind taste uh, beers and pick our favorite and do kind of play the game here. We're also today going to be talking to Robbie Rota, who's the owner of Day One Distribution, which will be our little sneak in of continuing our distribution series, which yep. we kind of let go by the wayside for a month or two. Uh, but that'll be our part two of that. We're just not going to label it like that. So he'll be coming on. And uh, it's a much smaller distributor than we talked uh, with uh, Point Blank with Shane. And it's a lot of out-of-state breweries. Mm-hmm. So I'm very curious kind of uh, how that works in the state of Oregon. So we'll talk to him. And then, uh, yeah, you can find us all over the place. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, Omni, Stitcher, AntennyToTheFan.com. Uh, wherever you find us, subscribe, rate, review. I saw somebody said he fat-fingered the three stars, and he left us the five-star review instead. Oh, thanks, buddy. But now we have a one-star review, too, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which I figured would happen after we complained about yeah, <laughs> there yep. being a three-star review. Um, so you can subscribe, rate, review wherever you find us. I mean, honestly, you can be honest. It's fine. We're just playing around when we kind of say that. Um, let us know what you think of the podcast, what you want us to do more, et cetera. You can also find us on, sh- on social media. Instagram.com slash beers on us is where we post pictures and stuff of what we're drinking. And then personal pages. Patrick is at pdiddy085 on Instagram. And I am on Twitter at Mike Lynch 27 So we'll start with our weekend beer. We'll take a break. We'll get Robbie in here to do the interview. And then we'll taste the, the beers. Sounds so, good to uh, me. My weekend beer was fairly simple. I didn't do a ton except for come out to Breakside for Zwickle on Saturday. And I sat in with uh, with the tasting, uh, the, 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 I don't know what, what you guys wanted to call it. It's we, like the, we, we were kind of calling the, it a guided tasting. Yeah, it was like a tasting experience mm-hmm. with Ben Edmonds. And uh, he was kind of teaching people how to taste beer and how to smell it and the kind of the correct way to go about trying it. 
So I believe we tried one of the hazies that you guys have on there, and we tried uh, a sour, and we tried a uh, – not a sour, but it was like a funky mm-hmm. kind of – Barrel-aged beer. Barrel-aged yeah. beer. So that was pretty fun to do. And um, I, I went out with a friend, and he was like, I don't know any of this. <laughs> he was like, this is kind of what I want to do. And uh, I, have view, I view it like this beer, and I'm like, no, 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 just smell it and taste it. And I was like, I'm getting better at this. You can trust me. So that was really fun. And uh, beyond that, nothing crazy. Uh, got a couple of beers from New Seasons. I uh, don't think I had anything that was, like, spectacular. So nothing that was over the board th- that I remember. But, uh, you know, pretty simple week in beer for me. I, on the other hand, had kind of a crazy week in beer. Um, we did <laughs> Zwickle. That's my, this is my fourth Zwickle Mania with Breakside that we did. Uh, I was at Slabtown this year. I've never done that before. Usually I'm in Milwaukee uh, doing tours and and tasters and coordinating with all those guys and do that. So this this was going to be fun and different. And Ben rolled in about 10 minutes before we opened and said, hey, I got an idea that we're going to change this up. What do you think about doing a guided tasting instead? And as the tay came out of his mouth, I was like, yes, let's do it. That sounds excellent. <laughs> and it was really cool. We kind of just threw it he together. He said nobody wants to look at stainless steel. They yeah, want to yeah. learn about the beer. Yeah, we just kind of, he kind of thought of this idea and we thought it'd be something different than, yeah, just taking a tour at Slabtown and it, that brewery is so tight, it's so small and compact that it's a little difficult to get a bunch of people in there, especially as much as people want. And I thought this was something new and different that has never been, that has never been offered before from us and I haven't heard anybody else doing it, so I thought that was really fun and innovative. And, you know, I'm lucky, I, I get to work next to the guy, you know, five days a week and have for years and you still you poured the beers for everybody yeah and, yeah, and I, I became like the steward for it but i mean i have heard ben say these things you know a million times about stuff but he's such a great teacher at at tasting and and identifying flavors and aromas and the, the five steps to taste a beer uh and so even though i've heard him talk about this all the time it was still really fun to be around uh the best zwickle i've been a part of uh they can i was usually, there it was yeah, they can usually be a little bit of a nightmare, but uh, this new format was great, and we look forward to expanding on it in the future. That's probably what we're going to do. I ran into this really nice couple. I'm so sorry, I can't remember your names, but they had, they listened to our podcast, so shout out to you guys. They had just gone to Berlick and done theirs, where they got the tour of the brewery. They were smelling hops. You know, Rick and Ben were, were walking through, you know, but the brewing process and stuff like that, and they had a really good time, and then they came to Slabtown. It was the only two breweries they wanted to go to. And they got to Slabtown, and they were like, you know, we would have been excited to see a tour, but this was so awesome because we already got that tour aspect, a great tour from someone else to be able to come here and get something very different. They said it was like the tasting room episodes that we do. And I thought that was really cool. Oh, that's that right. was, yeah, he came up and introduced himself mm, to me as well when mm. I was uh, talking to my buddy in the uh, on the other side of the upper deck there. Yeah, that was, yeah that's it, what he said. It was like a tasting room episode. Yeah, and that was, that was very fun. Like, uh, that was like the best compliment I had heard all day. So thank you to you guys for that. And I'm glad we could have created something something different for you, especially with just how crazy and nuts Zwickle can be. It was nice to go outside the box. And then on Tuesday night, we had the Oregon Beer Awards, which, you know, as as always, was a complete S-show. <laughs> um, I was uh, fairly inebriated. Uh, I, I, I started drinking at noon here at Bridgetown because we watched a Champions League game. And then I moseyed my way down to OBAs where uh, it was a good, good 
awards ceremony this year. There were a lot of, I don't want to say like surprises, but there were some breweries that really stood out. Culmination had a very good night. Um, they scored like four medals in one mid-sized brew of the year. And Conrad, a friend of this podcast, a friend of mine in personal life who is no longer with Culmination, he's now at Modern Times, but he was with those, he was with that team collecting, you know, their awards. And when they won mid-size, you know, he cried like a baby on stage. And it was, it was, I was very proud of him for that. Uh, you know, some, some other breweries came through Immersion Brewing out of Bend, uh, won small brewery of the year and, and snagged a couple medals. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I mean, we at Breakside were very lucky. We snagged 12 medals, uh, plus large lar- and plus year. large brewery of the year. Um, third in the last four years. Yeah, three of the last four, four of the last six. Um, was a really, really good night for us. Some Slab Town beers won. Who won uh, mid size then? Mid size was culmination. Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, there were there were some some gold, some silver, some bronze, but it kind of crossed the board all over for us at Breakside, in the sense that production, you know, Breakside IPA got a got a silver, you know, barrel aged sour got a bronze. You know, Natalie's beers up at Deacon, a couple loggers nailed some medals, and then at Slabtown we we snagged a couple, including Golden Hazy IPA for Biotransformers, which is the beer you tasted oh, at yeah. the beginning uh, yeah. of Zwickelmania. The and, Austin style IPA. Yeah, the, and then um, we snagged a gold for Cuddle Puddle, which is a beer that means so much to me. I got a I got a text message from Mike after we won gold because I kept saying yes, yes, and he said, "Fanboy, calm down, it's just a beer." <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was really happy about that. Ben, uh, I got to wear the medal most of the night, and the la- one of the last things before the end of my night, Ben came up to me. He was like, "Okay, Patrick." I need that medal. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he told me yesterday, he was laughing. He goes, you had this look on your face. You did not want to give it up. And I just, yeah, so it was really fun. And everybody seemed really happy. You know, 10 Barrel did another great showing with seven medals. You know, Tanya and Whitney make great beer. Uh, I, I I haven't had any of them, but I know those two are really quality brewers. And so they snagged that, you know, and, and the, the usual suspects, you know, Wayfinder snagged snagged. Snagged some stuff. Freem got a golden Pilsner. Shocker, you know. Wayfinder got best brew pub experience. Shocker, you know. So some of those old standbys. Block 15 submitted beers this year. Won a gold for double IPA for a beer called Sticky Hands. I don't know if you've ever had that before. Uh, it's a weird name. I've never <laughs> heard of that before. Uh, but everybody, you know, a lot of smiles, a lot of high fives. Um, was really well run this year and just an all-around great event. What about him? Yeah, what about him? Oh, oh, Fort George won a gold. Yeah, and they and I guess they've never done that before. Yeah, I didn't know that. So good for them. Yeah, and um, yeah. By the way, that was Dave Flores. He, was, he walked up with the sign and was like Fort George, and we're like, yeah. Yeah. So much, so much happened. So much happened that night. He was that, probably way too drunk to remember that. Yeah. Dave. So much happened that night that it was that it was you know it's hard to keep up a little bit. You know, I was drinking mostly. Uh, what was it? It was either Occidental Hellas, the Edel Hell I was drinking that night, and Bale Breakers Pale, which it's funny to be drinking a Washington beer at the Oregon Beer Awards, but it was the tastiest low ABV hoppy beer on. So I love Bale Breaker, right? So, now. so I went with that. And, and you mentioning Wayfinder. I forgot I also went to Wayfinder on Saturday oh, after nice. Breakside. I don't, I don't think they were doing anything for Zwickle that I noticed. I mean, it was packed there, too. Yeah, my buddy Joris is the bar manager there. He said that they were just, they were so busy that they kind of just were pointing some stuff out, but weren't able to like fully yeah, dive into I didn't, tours. I'm sure that place just, was a madhouse. Oh, God, I mean, there were no seats inside. We, Me and my friend just wound up standing outside because mm-hmm. it was wet, so we just stood and drank some beers. And we had a couple there, which were good. Um, he uh, he had the Hazy IPA. He's a Hazy fan. So uh, mm-hmm. he got the Hazy there, and I was like, okay. And I got the – oh, God, I'm not going to remember now. They still have the UK Pale on down there? I don't remember. If they do, that beer is awesome. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm, I'm mad at myself for not remembering what I got. I got two beers, but 
you know, it was one of those days where I was just kind of like not thinking about it as much. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I went to Wayfinder and uh, went to Breakside, and then that was about it. So, there's our weekend beer, and uh, we will take a quick break here before we dive into the interview portion with Robbie Rhoda, Day One Distribution's owner. And then after that, we will get into the blind tasting here in the Battle of the Brands at Bridgetown Beer House. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. All right, interview portion time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. We are now sitting down with Robbie Rhoda, the owner of Day One Distribution. Thanks for coming in, man. You're welcome. And, thanks uh, for having me. Thanks for being part of this event, which is I'm very excited to try all the beers in the next yeah. segment. Yeah, um, it's going to be fun. So what what about what made you come up with this event, and uh, what made you want to be a part of this event, I guess is a good way to ask that question. Actually, I think I think Dave from Bridgetown Beer House came up with the event, as far as I know. I think it might have been a mixture of him and uh, my rep and, and Baker's rep from Alebriated. Um so I think it was just a fun idea to, to just kind of see what we've got going on and, and what they have over at Ali Braided and just, I don't know if it was really more about a competition so much, maybe it is, uh, <laughs> could also be just to, to see what we've got and, uh, and have some fun. So friendly competition is cool, right? Absolutely. I enjoy it. Have you done things like this before with the blind tasting and, or is this your, kind of your first time uh, doing Not this? like this when it's like a distributor and another distributor. Um, so no, but it's, I'm sure it's going to be fun. I've done blind tastings, of course, but yeah. not in this setting. Yeah. yeah, this is something that Mike, Mike, and I we we love. We try not to dominate the podcast too much with tasting beers and stuff, but we do love doing it every once in a while, especially the blind aspect. What is what goes through your head in terms of your thinking? You know, and we're going to get to it later. There's a lager, a stout, a hazy, and a West Coast. When you're thinking of the brands you want to push, what are you thinking? Like the best? Or are you thinking? Like the best beers, or are you thinking the best brands get name out there? Like what goes through your head when you're choosing the beers to do this? Uh, so f- this kind of event? Yeah. Oh, for, for me, it was really just down to what did we have that was going to be really interesting that was a good representation, representation of the things that we do normally. So, um, I mean, in fact, oddly enough, we didn't uh, include Ruse and Grains of Wrath, which are, are two, uh, two of our core brands um, in this situation. It was kind of more of a what can we bring from out of state do something different and fun that still represents what we do because a big part of our portfolio really is, I mean, maybe even 50% or maybe a little more. Uh, it's out-of-state breweries um, that we bring in on a limited basis. So, uh, yeah, the best uh, best possible representation of, of great breweries beers is what we wanted to do. So if you had a mission statement for day one distribution, mm-hmm. what would that be? Hmm. Is it, you know, because you said you have a lot of breweries from out of state that you bring into state. What is it that you're looking for when you're looking for these specific breweries? Well, a, lot, a large part of it for us, I think if, if I had a mission statement, I'd say that we are trying to continue to build and develop community around craft beer uh, and not just craft beer from Oregon, because I know Oregon was always so insular um, uh, and it's changed over the years. And uh, so bringing in community from outside of this community and then doing fun things. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of a long mission statement, but that's kind of the, the gist of it. I mean, we like we like bringing in these breweries from out of market that we are excited about and a lot of the customers are excited about and then also connecting them to breweries here in Oregon or in Washington and doing collaborations and putting those, those minds together and seeing what they can come up with to create something interesting and exciting together. But also, sometimes it's cool to have each other capitalize off of each other's marketing, right? Uh, this brewery can work with this brewery, and maybe that brewery has a better, uh, like a better name recognition. Uh, people have more experience with it in Oregon, and this is an opportunity for this other brewery coming in to join in on that, and they can hopefully connect and have a good time and make something great. But also, then they can kind of steal each other's marketing in the, uh, in a way. How do you choose 
these breweries that you're going to bring out of state. That's what I was so, going to ask. Because yeah. Beachwood is one of the ones that you guys mm-hmm. do, right? Right. And I'm a huge Beachwood right, guy. We, we did mm-hmm. Beachwood on the podcast when you guys first brought it up here. It was here at Bridgetown, and uh, we did the Amalgamator IPA, and we did the... Citraholic. Citraholic. And, and I've had a ton of Sim Coast to Coast. Oh, it's so good. And so good. I mean, I would have never have heard of Beachwood if yeah. you guys hadn't brought it into the state. And it's incredible beer. How, how do you even go about finding that brewery and saying, whoa, this is one that needs more distribution here in Oregon? And well, Beachwood specifically, I, I worked there for a short time. Oh, and, okay. And before <laughs> that, that helps. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before that, I lived down the street from them. And before that, I was a customer before they opened their brewery when they were a, an amazing beer bar. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, I just became a big fan and over time started working in beer and then worked there. And when the opportunity came for us to be able to bring breweries from out of state, that was one of the first ones I reached out to just because I love their beer so much. Still think they're one of the best breweries in the country. Um, definitely top five for me on the West coast. That's for sure. They're part of our collaboration series in our 10 year anniversary. So we're going to do a beer with Beachwood. That's exciting. That's amazing. Very, very excited. So, so not Beachwood then. So if there's a brewery that you don't have that personal connection to, like like you brought, you brought in this Ogopogo, this, um, this dry hop lager that we're kind of sipping on right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you go to Ogopogo and talk, check them out? Do they send you samples? Like how do you discover what's worth bringing in? Yeah. So some breweries, uh, well, we'll have already had a relationship with them, right? I mean, I've been working in the beer industry for almost 11 years. Uh, I started in Southern California, and then when I worked for Cascade uh, later on as their national sales director, I traveled all around the country and, and built relationships and got to know people. Uh, and so I had an idea of who I wanted to bring in, like the dream brands that we wanted to bring in to Oregon. Um, but then also if I hear of someone or I try a beer from someone, I find out you know, through networking, like, do you know them? If so, can you get me in contact? Do you think your friend would be interested in sending beer? Mm. Uh, just normal networking stuff. And, and like Ogopogo, for example, uh, uh, one of my employees who's been a friend of mine met. We actually started working in beer at the same time we met when he was working for Stone Brewing uh, down in California. He has a friend who works there. His friend knows about what we're doing. He called up my, my employee, Ryan, and said, hey, do you guys want to give it a try? Just try out a beer. We'll send you a bunch of samples. Breweries do this a lot. Maybe mm. I haven't heard of them. Maybe I have, but I haven't had the beer. I want to try it if possible. So they sent us uh, some samples. Thought they were great. Thought the branding was great. Um, what do you guys think of this beer we're tasting right now? I think this beer is great. It's really good. The it's hop nose on it. I mean, it, it tastes like. I mean, the the hop character on this. It, it. I couldn't find what the hop is that they used yeah. in it. I'm sure I could probably look it up it, online. It but smells hoppier than it tastes, though. It you, gives you a lot of the hop on yeah. the front, and then it's super dry when you taste it's it. It's got an aroma, kind of like an IPA, which makes me think it's more of like a West Coast IPA right. hopped right. Um, aspect. But it's very dry, very crisp. It's I dig it. the The can is sexy. Dare I say mosaic a little bit? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, the can <laughs> it, the can is sexy. Um, yeah, you know, and and branding is so huge, especially in this place. If you want to stand out, you got to have that. Yeah, this is the Kijora uh, dry hop lager. I don't remember what hops are in it. I could look, but yeah. uh, we'll do it later. Yeah, we'll figure that out yeah. later. Yeah, so um, some of the brands you have, I want to chat about some of them. Like, for example, I mean, I'm just going to dive right into Chuckanut. I mean, you have Chuckanut, which is, you know, yeah. one of the premier lager breweries on the West Coast, if not all of America. I'd say so. And yeah. uh, we've started to kind of see that. Like, we didn't really ever get any of their stuff. It was just kind of this, like, urban legend. Or if you went to Seattle, you, like, searched out to find somebody or that had some Or you find, like, Chuckanut one beer. collaboration that was here, and you were like, <laughs> yeah. Chuckanut. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Thank now you. we're starting to see their stuff here semi-regularly. Walk us through how that sort of thing evolves. When you get a brand that is in such demand, like like a Chuckanut, and right. we're not, not even that far. Like Beachwood, I think some people might not know, but I think most craft beer drinkers in this town know Chuckanut. Oh, yeah. Walk us through how, when you brought them in, if you were worried about 
demand being too high, how you balance that. How do you deal with a brewery in such demand like Chuckanut in this crispy boy nation that we live in now? Also, is there competition from the other distributors? Like, no, 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 no. We're, we're going to get Chuckanut. No. Well, uh, I mean, I'll give you the specific story with Chuckanut, which was really a f- an interesting one. It was fun for me. Uh, when I worked at Cascade, I was introduced to, to Chuckanut. Art Lawrence from Cascade, great guy. Uh, he is friends with Mari and Will from Chuckanut, the owners of Chuckanut. And uh, I also crazy uh, awesome people, great people, like wild characters, sweet, they're great, goofy, yeah. Uh, and then Josh Frame, first head mm-hmm. brewer at Chuck and Nut, has become a friend, and I really wanted to see Chuck and Nut here. So I, of course, talked to Josh. I talked to Art. I said, "Can you get me connected? You can you can you put me in touch? Can you put in a word?" And um, they did. And I reached out to Marion Will, drove up to Bellingham, and and uh, hung out for uh, a weekend. And they were very gracious and kind and willing to, to hear me out. And I said, I think your beers will do great in Oregon. They said, I don't think anyone in Oregon really cares. <laughs> they did. <laughs> oh, and, wow. Yeah. And so, uh, and they said no one had really re- reached out. Uh, and so we, uh, I, I said, well, I really think it'd be great. And here's how we do it. We do a pre, a pre-sale, very limited. Uh, we'd find out how much you have available. I'd sell up to that amount mm-hmm. into the market and then we'd ship it and then I'd deliver it. So it's not sitting anywhere at all. Right. It's going, landing at my dock, going out to the accounts. Um, they said, maybe down the road. So I went back uh, a few months later and checked back in after emailing and calling them and kind of bugging them and saying, I think people will really love this. This is, as I, I think we're all starting to see, I think a lot of us here, we're starting to see the, the change towards Crispy Boys. Like people mm-hmm. were really interested <laughs> in having loggers more than they were, yep. I think, in the past. And so I said, I, can we please do it? Can we please do it? And finally they said, yeah, go ahead. And they said, we've got 32 half barrels of Pilsner, 32 half barrels of Kolsch, Go. And we pre-sold all of it nice. in a day. Nice. <laughs> via email. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And so... So Oregon did care. Yeah, they cared, and it was great. <laughs> Shipped it down, delivered it. Uh, and then I said, can we do this again in two weeks? And she said, yeah, geez, you pre-sold all of that. And I said, yeah, it's all at the, at the account. She's like, we're getting great feedback. Awesome. Same thing happened. And so we just kept rolling with it, and we grew as we could and introduced people to it wherever we could. Um, I definitely, had, and I can say honestly, I've, I think we've capitalized on getting Chuck and Nut's name out there to places who didn't know by letting them know that Josh Frame was the first head brewer yeah. at Chuck and Nut. And Kevin Davies spent some time and up Kevin there Davey too. Kevin Davies was yeah. the, the second head brewer, <laughs> right? So that's how that whole thing worked. And then we've just grown as they've had the availability. They've, they've expanded a bit, so we have even more. And, uh, and we just keep bringing it in and growing as necessary. It's interesting. Robbie wrote it, by the way, Day One Distribution, sitting down with us here on Beers on Us. It's interesting because my next question was going to be how much does – Oregon being where you distribute the beer mm-hmm. help. And it's interesting to hear Chuck and Nut said, we don't think Oregon cares. But I figure for a lot of these breweries, they're going to say, oh, we'd love to break into the Oregon market. But I wonder, is that is that actually the case? Or are a lot of people kind of skeptical because they're like, oh, it's so saturated. I don't know if I'm going to fit in. I think there's both. Uh, there's some people that are, are worried about it because this is notoriously a difficult market to get into. And I, I think a big part of the problem has been in the past, breweries from out of state coming in really hard and heavy. Founders and, comes to mind. Right, They sure. came in real hard and heavy, and now they've kind of are gone. Right. And uh, I think the way that we went about it in my mind has been the right way. I don't know if that'll always be the the, the same. Um, but we continue to keep things limited from breweries that are coming from out of state. So when a brewery says we want to do regular monthly shipments and we want to send lots of CEs case equivalents, I don't even speak in that language typically. (laughs) And so usually that's a little bit of a yellow flag for me when they say that, 
um, you know, the CEs thing, or if they start talking about weekly, monthly, bi-monthly shipments, and I say, all right, well, let's 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 look at the the reality of Oregon. I think we've had success by keeping things special and keeping them limited and selling into the market what the market wants, not trying to push more because somebody has to sell it. Right. And so we've had some. Issues, not really issues, but some breweries that didn't like that, they felt that I was saying that their beer wasn't good enough to do well here, which is not at all what I'm saying, but, you know, people receive it that way, and that's that's okay. Then there are other breweries that uh, come in knowing what we do or have the same idea as we do. We just want to send a little bit and just be part of this market. It's This is a, a dream market to have people drink your beer in because it's so educated and so focused, and so and that works great too. So it's kind of a mix of both, but I always try to keep it focused on what works. And that's what the market can withstand and enjoy. Not even withstand. Withstand's the wrong direction. What can you enjoy and not be too much for them? What can we continue to enjoy? How often is that? Chuck and nut, we can always have that because of what it is. But uh, if we've got a brewery that's coming from out of state and uh, the name's not there or we have lots of other breweries that are doing the exact same thing here just as well or better, then we kind of keep it a little more limited. Uh, the, I want to touch on... The local stuff you've got. You've got Ruse, Cascade, Grains of Wrath. and Grains of Wrath. Yeah. How important is it to have not just a couple, like, in-state stuff to continue, like, credibility of not just the guy pumping all the out-of-state stuff? Mm-hmm. How important is it to have those brands in your market, in, in your book, especially considering the high quality and the demand of those right. of those breweries? I mean, Ruse and Grains. I mean, Cascade's one of the most, you know, stable Right, implanted breweries we have in this city, uh, but you know, Ruse and Grains are still young, but their beers are in demand. Is that just as important to have something local to grasp onto as they continue to grow? Well, this is the only way that we can really continue to grow, and I can employ more people, and we can make like decent money as a company. Um, I need to have good, great local core uh, breweries. Um, part of it for me was I. I, I realized from the beginning that was going to be the direction we'd have to go, but it, to be honest with you, I didn't really have an idea of who that would have been until I knew that Grains of Wrath was opening and, and been friends with Mike for a little while. And uh, and we reached out and said, we're gonna you'll be our focus. The other stuff is fun, and that's a big part of what we do, but you will be our focus. And then Ruse was the opportunity as well that came up later on, and it was the same thing. You guys will be our focus. The other stuff does what it does. That's our like it's, side project. It sort of takes care of itself in a lot of ways, but the main focus will be you. And and for us, it's been wonderful because it does, it does establish that core so that we're we always have beer available. We can focus on helping build and, and grow grains of wrath and ruse. All these guys have been my friends, and it's fun to be able to work with them in that way. Um, but then on those slow months where maybe there's not enough beer coming from out of market, then we always have that stability. We always have like the ability to know that we can. <laughs> keep functioning and making money during that time period. I don't have a cellar maker IPA, but I do have this thing called Translator from Ruse. If you would like that keg, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Is there? Do you have any idea of like a growth model for your company, or are you perfectly content keeping it smaller, more exclusive beers, going to the bottle shops versus like going to the big supermarkets and right. stuff like that? Is that a growth model, or are you kind of nervous if you get into that world that's going to become more? Like the breweries you were talking about, you weren't sure if they fit your, your right. model. Uh, I don't have a desire to become larger, really. Uh, we'll grow as necessary to meet the demands uh, of Grand Rathrews, Cascade, Chuckanut, uh, then cideries that we work with. Um, so the the chain store thing, it's if we need to do it, like right now we're in Alberton Safeway with, with Cascade, and that, that works. But then we have, if we have anything else that would work there that we have enough volume access you know, to, 
then we can, you know, up the, the ante on that. But I don't want to become a chain store distributor where that's where we make our money. I really enjoy having fun with it. And so I think staying as small as we can, keeping our core limited, and then uh, having fun with all the, the other breweries that we play with and enjoy come bring in from out of market. So, and even some of those have become more regular field work. Brewery West, Alvarado Street. We I, know, have, I see Brewery West all the time now, I feel like. Yeah, and they're making great beers, and this is an opportunity for us to to kind of build up, a, a, like bulk up our core a little bit, but they're still not here. I don't have shipments every week like I do, I do from Grains of Wrath and Ruse and Chuckanut. So um, we grow in, in ways that make sense. So if the market wants more of those things and we think that's the right decision, and so does the brewery, then we go forward with it. What's your relationship with, like, with – the bigger distro companies, the yeah, the the, the <laughs> Columbia's, the Melitas, the the Point Blanks. Right. Do you are you, do you worried that you have to compete with them? Are you are you less worried because of the intricate brands you have? How does your day? Is there a worry for like poaching? Yeah, of, of products how does stuff, your or? day go about dealing with the the quote unquote big boys? Right, um, we're we're so different, I think, and I, th- I don't really. There's not much of a competition for the the things that we're doing I, I i you know you go into beer mongers and you know i'll, I'll see the reps from you know point blank bank point blank Miletus, columbia and we're all friendly and cool and i've never had any you know awkward things with those guys or any conflict but um as far as sales to the places that we sell most of our beer to we, there's no problem uh they buy theirs they buy ours and uh we're good to go. So it's kind of almost like you let the product do its talking. I mean, right. as long as your as long as your warehouse, your reps, and you you as owner operator, as long as you guys check your boxes, your beer speaks for itself. Right. And if we do, I mean, there are always times where you know if it's a slower time of year, we might have to push a little harder and uh, to sell certain items and than others. Or if it's something that people haven't heard of, we might have to work a little harder at that than than normal. But a big part of what we sell really is pre-sold. I mean. Geez, even with uh, with Ruse Brewing, half the stuff that we get in is gone within a couple of days. Wow! And so, and that's largely again via emails and and the accounts that we can we can see face to face. We're tiny. I have one other sales rep beside myself, you know, <laughs> so um, we can't see every account all the time. And most of them seem to be all right with that. So, no, I don't really see a problem um, at all. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's great. I mean, those the, they they got a lot of money behind them. Yeah, they got big brands. You know, you look at Point Blank. They got Von Ebert. Dream, Boneyard. Right. I mean, that's easy to just kind of dominate, you know. That's sure. good to hear. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, thanks for sitting down, Robbie. Appreciate the conversation. Ooh, we do have me. to ask him the one thing we always ask guests. And that is? Um, what do you see oh, yeah. the trend of 2020? We did log. We kind of looked at loggers made the big big surge in 19, right. and the hazies were big in 17 and 18. Patrick's big prediction this year is he thinks West Coast IPAs <laughs> are going to come back. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I was, I'm, I'm going to say it's gonna, we're going to continue to see growth in, in loggers. Like, I think we're going to see a lot more hoppy loggers, mm-hmm. uh, but I also think West Coast IPA is going to rise back up. And uh, I hope. I mean, I, I love hazy beers, but not as much as I love West Coast. Yeah. And I, I would really hope to see those uh, come back up and people be as excited or more excited about those than they are uh, the haze craze. Are you selling Which, seltzer? I'm not. Are you no. going to? I don't really have any desire to necessarily unless it makes sense, unless there's a, a brewery that we work with already that decides they're going to do it and uh, and our accounts want it. 
you know, I'm just waiting for one of our guests to say, you know what, I think Porters and Stouts are going to make a big comeback next year. You know, Scott Jail's really <laughs> knocking on 2020. <laughs> all I want is more options, that's all. Give me all the dark beer, I will take it all. I all think right. Widmer Heffa is going <laughs> to dominate the market. You should try to pick that up, dude. That might be a good account for you. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> all right, Robbie, thanks for sitting down. Thank you. And, uh, all right, coming up next, we will do the blind tasting. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll see... Which beer we pick is our favorite, and are we guessing which beer is what, too? No, I think, I think we're just saying we like this beer this one, and this, this one, one, and then we say, yeah, and All then right. they tally up the votes, and at the end, I guess, the battle of the brands will be decided. Well, that's what we'll do next here on Bears and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time, sort of, here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. I just didn't want to not do that as as an open. Uh, Also, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Got to get it in. So we are going to do the blind tasting here at Bridgetown Beer House. Beers of the Week time. Yeah, exactly. So we now have the two lagers in front of us. Then there's the Stouts, the Hazies, and the IPAs after that. We do not know what is what. We uh, are just going to pick A or B out of the ones that we like the best. Mm -hmm. It'll go into the pot, and then they will pick the winner at the end. Of, uh, is it just today that they're doing this? So I just think it's just today, yeah. And so maybe next week when we do the pod, we can kind of find out what reveal happened. the winners. Yeah, we still don't know the winner, the the lineup from Hop right. House. I don't think I saw an email about that, yeah. so I don't know how wrong we were and <laughs> ju- like which beers we were talking bad about and which beers we were talking well I st- about. I still apologize profusely for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what we got here, we got the green dotted one is A, and then the other one is B, so we got the two loggers. Two loggers. Oh, and, and uh, Matchless is in. Uh, one of the oh, breweries, yes. I forgot to say that, one of the breweries uh, could not bring a beer. I forget which one it is now, but Matchless has replaced a brewery. Right. Do you and remember which one it was? Uh, it starts with an S. Do you get the list in front of you? Standard? Yeah. Yes, standard. Yeah, that's there it. So it standards out. Matchless is in, and Matchless is a beer we've done on the show before. Is a brewery we've done on I the show. I brought one in, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Chuck and Nuts a beer we've done on the show before as well. Uh, so some of these beers are kind of, you know, around Beechwood things like that. Well, I just, uh, I just did a. It smells very interesting compared to how it tastes. It smells. Um, it smells very different than the taste. It's actually it's actually a, a, an aroma I haven't really smelled in a lager before, or at least that I understand how to describe. Yeah, I. It's very different, right? It's kind of muted. I don't. I actually don't get a ton of aroma off of it. There's a hop character in the taste. Kind of kind of bitter up front. Uh, it's it's it, smooth. It's clean. Maybe a hoppy lager if we're going, yeah, to, if we're going that way. It's a, you know, it's got a lot of that hop character. It's not quite as ready or malty until the very back end so all right I, I i think that's a solid beer yeah i think it's a solid beer there's something the aroma's in, a little weird to me but there's something in the body that i'm that i'm not loving it's like it's like uh i don't know it tastes kind of heavy if that makes sense not like not like too full or too big but just a little just a touch heavy uh, i just tasted b that one is a little bit more up my alley i think based on uh it's got a little bit more of that bready maltiness in the middle of the flavor, or the middle of the palate, I mean. Um, it kind of sits there a little bit better. It's got a little bit more of that, like, rich lager character, where the first one just tastes more like a hoppy pale, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I love, love, love the body of B. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the finish is also, is also quite nice. It comes across more Pilsner-esque, I would say. If that's what it is, if I had to choose what type of lager it yeah, would be. Yeah, it does, it does appear that way, comparatively. It comes across quite nice. It's tough. 
I think I'm leaning B, though. I think that's my vote based on the first one. I'm going to go back and sit Bay real quick. Yeah, the, the finish on I like I what I the finish on B is a very traditional kind of finish. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what's talking to me. I don't love the nose in A. I don't love the finish in A either. To be honest, and yeah, and there's 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 just a couple things in in A that that don't quite speak to me. You know, and and if I'm being honest, you know, B doesn't really jump out as me as either. I think I think B is the beer I prefer of the two. But I don't. I'm not in love with either of these beers. Uh, me neither. Um, B is B. You're right. B is more of a traditional lager flavor that I'm trying to enjoy here. So I think that's why I'm voting for it. But uh, you're right. None of these are necessarily ones that I'm like, ooh, ah, I like that. A yeah. Lot. Yeah. Um, all right. All right. So, so that's the lagers. Uh, we both choose B. Up next, we have the stouts. I, w- I full disclosure. Um, I've I've somebody already told me that these are both very very different. Okay. Yeah. Um, they said some other things that we'll let us decide on, but <laughs> I was I was the stouts are very different from yes, each other. Yes, that okay. I was told that these two stouts are extremely different from each other. I'm excited because it's stouts, and in these kind of tasting things, there's not a lot of dark beers, so this is a little bit exciting for me. Um, you know, both have a very similar look to them. The mm-hmm. head on A is slightly better than the head on B in mm-hmm. terms of just lasting a tiny bit. Mm, okay, very roasty in yeah, A. Yeah, for sure. Maybe a little chocolatey too in the nose. Mm-hmm. Kind of like definitely a bolder, like a bolder aroma um, in comparison. Ooh. And B is super vanilla-y, oh, syrupy. Ooh. That's going to be one that's going to be tough for that's you. That's heavy. <laughs> I can already tell it's heavy. That's a good one for me. All right, let's take a taste here. I'm going to go A first here. Yeah, I mean, just in the nose, I can already tell that, I don't know, B seems like it could be maybe more like an imperial. I don't know if Barrel Age will know when we taste it, but... Well, A is... Um yeah, the roasty's there for sure. There's a really good kind of like caramel at the back end of the palate where it's kind of sticking on my tongue and on the back of my teeth. It's like, ooh, there's like I just had a little caramel candy in my mouth. Um, it's really it, dry. It is very roasty in the beginning. It, it's dry, but not like Irish stout dry. No, no, no. It's just, um, it's way more mellow, which I have a feeling B is going to be very ABV, high ABV like mm-hmm. feeling just from the smell. Uh, this is a very mellow, drinkable stout, and I like that it has kind of the depth from the roastiness into maybe a little bit of chocolatey and then the caramel at the end. I like that. Mike, I, li- I like when it transitions. Mike, do you like stouts? I couldn't tell. The way you were talking about it was just like so calm and so cool. Uh, you were on it. I dug that. Nicely like, done, buddy. I like stouts a lot. Yes, <laughs> nicely, nicely done. You I, really, I really like A. I think this beer is great. I think this beer is very drinkable. I don't find this beer very heavy. Um, I think it gets its characters into you without being too much. And I might be saying that because I have a feeling B might be a little heavier, but that doesn't mean I'm picking A right away. I just, this is, A represents a lot more of what I like in a stout. I think B is very tasty. Um, It's not as overpowering as I thought it would be on the first sip. Now, it is more overpowering than A because A is a very mellow drinking stout. But uh, the smell of this is very, very strong. But when you take the sip, it's like, oh, you know, okay, that's a good, that's a good stout. It's it's solid. It's way sweeter than the first yeah, one. Yeah, very sweet, very uh, creamy. A lot of vanilla. Yeah, there's a good cream, creamy aspect to it. But it's nowhere near as like syrupy as it smells. Yeah, it just kind of it mellows out pretty easily. Yeah, too. And it, was, it is a little more smoother. I would, yeah, I would say when when smelling the aroma, you definitely get this big kind of like just bam right in your face, uh, and which usually kind of scares me really kind of about any beer with the exception of IPAs just because hop character is so intoxicating. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, 
it, it definitely is a smoother on the palate than the nose would give you. Um, I'm I'm going to take A on this. I'm I, also going to take A. Uh, I just had A again after having B. I like B a lot. That's more of the stout style that I enjoy, the kind of like really flavorful to, to a to a point kind of overpowering for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But when I went back to A, I was like, oh, my God, those flavors work so well together. And I'll defer this to you. I don't know which is the better beer. A, I'm, A I'm, is the better beer. I am, I am voting on the beer that I would drink, the beer that I enjoy. Uh, A is the better beer. I, okay. I would say based on – it's just more complex. It's got more more depth of, depth of flavor. And I, I, I like when you take a sip and it changes in a stout. And when you take a sip of B, it, it's the flavor you expected and it's good – but it's the flavor you expected. Where this one was like, there's some surprises in there, and that's pretty cool too. I so, would, I would, I would drink a pint of this. I'm curious. Let's see, Stout AO oh, doesn't even put the ABVs. No, we don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out after. Yeah, sure. I, you know, I'm not the biggest stout drinker. You know, I, I defer that to you. I, I like a good milk stout, and you like um, the Irish stouts, and I like the Irish stouts. So yeah, I like, I like it really, either really dry. I, I think it's the bodies that I like the most. Um, being an IPA and a lager drinker predominantly and a west coast ipa drinker lighter bodies just speak to my palate more i think like we've talked about with you many many times like you love rich things rich food rich flavors you like that palate to just like soak it all up to me where i want it to just kind of pass through well i voted for a either way i Uh, voted for a as well b is the one that i i would i would normally go for and maybe if i read the can i would have picked b Mm -hmm. but a is surprising and very very good. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's get into the hazies. Here we go on to the hazies, baby. The hazies. Once again, we've got a uh, much better head in A than we do in B. Mm-hmm. Um, they're I mean they're similar in color, but A looks a little bit more like generic juicy hazy, where B has a slight clearer look to it. Mm-hmm. Or do you agree with that? Am I reading that right? Yeah, I think you're right on. The good news is is neither of these look like what I hate in hazies. Um, um, like, I'm a little worried about A because of the kind of like milky quality to mm. it. I'm a little bit nervous about that. The really, I just don't really like the really like opaque, like dry looking yellow. It's just not quite, not quite my thing. I'd I'd rather it be a little more closer to. Well, smelling A and beer. smelling B again. I'm I'm getting a little bit nervous about A compared to B. <laughs> a A again. Every I haven't tasted yet, but everything in A is screaming at me. You're gonna hate this. You're gonna hate this. You're gonna hate this. It's gonna taste like orange juice, and you're gonna hate this. But maybe I'll be surprised. I don't yeah, know. yeah. I mean, and it's always, <clears throat> it's always. You know, I'm I'm not the best at just like straight identifying hops in in hoppy beers. Um, you know, I can tell if something's you know Southern Hemisphere a little bit. You know, I I I know Simcoe fairly well, just because it's such a such a powerful flavor. Yeah, mosaic. Um, I think for me is pretty easy. Yeah, not, maybe not easy, but it's the easiest one for me to decide. Yes, yeah, c- citrus not too bad for me, but I mean even mosaic sometimes for me is hard to really pull out. And hazies, it's even harder. I just assume it's all Galaxy, <laughs> just because the hazy brewers these days love using Galaxy. I mean us included. Uh, I think Galaxy is just a hop that really lends itself well to to IPAs to give that kind of house style flavor that everybody wants. How can I pick one of these, Patrick? I tried them both. <laughs> I don't really like either of them. <laughs> oh my god! Try B. Give yourself the B sip because there's there, there's there's ni- something there's nice hop character in A. Yeah, there's not a lot of bitterness, but there's no. nice hop character in A. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of different than you. I think I like the aroma on A a little better than B. Um, but they are but to me they're kind of similar in aroma. Oh, let me taste B. 
yeah, I think I'm voting for A on this one, surprisingly, based on the smell and the look, but B is not sitting good with me. That is a that is a hazy flavor that I, I am like, no, I don't want that. So I'm going I'm gonna just vote A because this is really hard for me. I don't drink hazies nearly at all. You actually drink more than I do. Um, that's wild. Um, that's a crazy thing to think about. Yeah, well, it's because I avoid them at all costs. Usually. Yeah. And you were like, oh, I've had this here, I've had this here, I've had this here. The only time I have it is on the podcast. Yeah, the, that, that's um, so interesting because I don't drink hazies. But I guess, I mean, I do from time to time. The lady, she's always my test pilot. She she drinks, she likes she likes hazies more than I do. And and so she'll, she'll dive into those. And, uh, you know, and she's starting to get to that point, too, where it's like, She'll taste it. And my buddy Chris, who comes to Bridgetown often, he's he's kind of the same way where they can just be like, they'll taste and be like, oh, that's really good. I'm like, oh, really? What is it? And they're like, you'll hate it. Like, you won't <laughs> like this one. Oh, but you might like this one. All right. Well, what do I you think? <sighs> to me, I'm really struggling with B. B is giving me a lot of the flavors I don't like in Hazy's, which is why I'm voting for A. A, you're right. A has a good hop character in it. It's not particularly bitter. I don't like the nose on A compared to B, but um, in terms of that overall lasting flavor, I, I feel much better after A than I do after B. To me, it's going to boil down to the finish. Okay. Like how this how these beers finish, and I, I think A finishes better than B. Okay. So so far we have agreed on all three beers. Yeah, I know we're losers. <laughs> this isn't very fun, Michael. Uh, I mean, I think it's fun. We're 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 trying things. We just maybe they're clearly better beers. Yeah, maybe they are. Don't you dare just pick opposite from me in the IPA just because you want to be different. Okay. Oh, I won't, Michael. This is my wheelhouse. That is true. Yeah, I won't do it either. I'm going to pick the one that I like the best. Unless it's Hoppy Pales. I don't know. Living that breakside life lately these days, and the Hoppy Pales. You live that life every day. Oh, man, it's just where I want to be. <laughs> you just want those Hoppy Pales? It's 5.4% hops want, in your face. You want the IPA without the IPA ABV. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's awesome. And then I go home and kill a six-pack of Stay West, which is 7%, and you're like, whoops. <laughs> or like the day I killed a six-pack of Starburst. And I was like, I got done with it, and I was like, man, I can drink six beers in a day. That like, that's not a problem. But why am I so drunk right now? And I look at the can; it's like seven six, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> why did I Whoops. do this? Whoopsies! <laughs> what mistake did I just Whoopsies. make? Whoopsies! All right, we'll finish up with IPAs. I will say this: normally, I prefer to do the IPAs before the hazies because the IP the hazies tend to have such like bigger, bolder flavors. So I'll be interested to see where my palate is going into these IPAs. Yeah, Stout 2 beforehand was like, this is a really, really heavy flavor mm-hmm. profile, and it's like, and now we're going to the hazy. A, on Stouts, A, I would drink early. B, I would have drank later. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. So it's just kind of, yeah, it's where it is. Just because something's roasty and dark doesn't mean it has less of an impact. This is what we talk about at my job. We talk about impact on your palate. And I've always found that hazies tend to have more of an impact than IPAs on your palate. Um to almost to the point where sometimes hazy pales can have a larger impact than a 7% West Coast IPA. I do think that the IPAs tend to get above the hazy pales, and it kind of is like non-hazy pale, hazy pale, non-hazy IPA, hazy IPA in terms of impact. That's just me, though. The color difference on these IPAs is insane. It Um, is. We've got a typical, B is a typical looking IPA, kind of a, Kind of goldish, clear, see-through color. Mm-hmm. A, I mean, it's not a hazy, but now, so because of that, it looks unfiltered. It's like a more yellow, unfiltered color. It is wildly different. It reminds me of kind of like um, what I what I like to call the Block 15 haze. Yeah, that's what I was kind of assuming yes. this would be like. Yes, the Block 15 haze is what's going on. 
Um, you know, and I think in today's age, you know, I think the Block 15 haze is a little more acceptable. You know, I mean, there are times, you know, I've had... Well, people some, like hazies, so... Yeah, and I've had, I've had some really fresh batches of very clear IPAs from various breweries that can have this kind of, like, hop cloud almost, like this hop dust kind of thing that the beer yeah. is still so young and green that give it a few days and it'll kind of clear up itself. It can also just be a little, like, suspended protein, something like that. Well... Wow. So B is super vegetal. B smells like the farm. It tastes like the farm. A's nose isn't exactly speaking to me too much, but it is bitter, and it does give you the kind of like typical West Coast IPA flair that you're looking for. I can smell I can smell the malt in the A. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And not like it's going to be a malt bomb. I don't mean that. It's not. But I think I can, I can as stupid as this sounds, but this is kind of how I talk to myself when I'm tasting beers. I can smell the body. And if I can smell the body, that makes me think I'm smelling malt. Right. Usually. Well, I already took two sips of these. And um, I want to vote for P because it's like, it's giving me that, I don't know why, ever since that first Fresh Hop episode, I, I love that kind of grassy, vegetal, farmy yeah. flavor in the IPAs. And we don't get a lot of that because I don't think a lot of people tend to enjoy that. No, we we definitely, <clears throat> West Coast, I feel, tend to go a lot more of the tropical and the piney, little less grassy kind of atmosphere. Well, well, B is like, I'm sitting in a field eating the grass, like less miles, just eating grass off the field. Um, it smells vegetal. It tastes vegetal. And... Almost because of that, I think I'm going to vote for it because it's unique and it's different and it's interesting. The B? Yeah. A A is solid. Um, it tastes Simcoe and B. But I think B is better, and I like that they went a little bit more unique. So I'm going to vote for B. Now this one, hmm. I mean, I, d- I definitely don't want to just, like, have the exact same thing as you. It's okay if you do. But if it does, it does. <laughs> I mean, we tended to agree on some of the things that we did in the IPA challenge, and we were super wrong, so it didn't really matter anyway. <laughs> I like the I like I love the body in A. Yeah. It's just it's a little more full. However, I think B is the better beer. I think A I think A is a more rounded IPA in the sense that there's there's body with it and there is a beginning, middle and an end to where the body in B is so light. I mean, it's so west coast. Um, but I mean if I'm if I'm picking yeah, yeah, I'm going B. I'm going B because I'm going B because I just I think it's the better beer. We've been doing this podcast together for too long. Yeah, our I tastes think. have become very similar. I think I think it's the better beer, and I think it more importantly, which I think this challenge at least seems to speak to me about, is just what more do you like? Yeah, you know, like it's I not about guessing the brewery. Yeah, it's just and about yeah, and what, I don't yeah, what's and, and, and I don't know if it's necessarily like, well, this stout's better than this stout. I think it's like, well, which one do you like? As opposed to like actually like judging based on the quality of beers, and right. I would I would drink B before I drink A. Yep, that's me too. But I do like A. I think this is the closest race of all of them for me. Mm. They're both really different. I mean, the hazies were tough because they were there was a lot of similarities in those, but this one's the tougher one for me because they're different enough and they're still well balanced. I think for me the stout one was the most difficult one because I really did enjoy B. Um, I just A was outstanding as a stout, like really really good. I think A is the best beer we've had today. I was going to say that. I was going to say yeah. if we're going to pick our beer of the week, it's stout A. Yeah, it is. I think so too. It is quite good. It is really good. I mean, this the B, the B 
IPA, the IPA is also is, really is good. also really good. But the A Stout I think is the best beer we had today. The lagers I was a little underwhelmed on, and the hazies I didn't like very much. Yeah, so. and if one of those is chucking out, I'm so sorry. I think you guys make fantastic beer. It could just be where I am today. Yeah, maybe possible. I maybe my egg sandwich I made for breakfast isn't sitting well with me. Or, you know, maybe you just don't like that beer. It's okay if you don't <laughs> like that beer, you know. I know. That's totally acceptable. You just don't want to talk trash anymore about anybody. <laughs> because you, especially in the mystery episodes <laughs> where you just don't know. I'm just like, this beer sucks. And it's like, that's your best friend that made it. <laughs> like, Crap. That was, uh, that did happen at the IPA That channel. did happen at the IPA That channel. was one that I got correct and one that you got wrong. I love you, Sam. You're the best ever. <laughs> Your beer and one like best brewery of the year, and that beer was like the IPA of the year. But Patrick just really hated it that day. I don't know why. Oh, what a man. jerk, right? Well, hey, this this was really cool. Like, big shout out to Day One and Alebriated for doing this. And um, thanks to Bridgetown Beer House and Dave for having us out here again and putting yep. on the event. I used to uh, when I was in, when I was working in Lake Oswego. Um, I helped kind of curate the draft list for a long time with with our GM, and he would do the ordering, but I would always talk to him about beers that I had out and. I first discovered Alebriated um, because they had they were the they have Lewitt in their book, and this is like five years ago, and I was obsessed with Shadow Ninja, which is now Shadow Shinobi. But I I loved it so much that we ended up getting a keg on draft, and that's how I kind of met, got introduced to Alebriated. So. So to, to to Baker who runs that, thanks for putting on a cool event. And again, thanks to Robbie for sitting down with us. I mean, yeah. I learned so much about day one and what they're going through and the future. And I think you know the part of that. I like, dis- I like their model a lot. I think it's interesting. I do too. I, I I think he had some really cool stuff to say about you know life as life as distro and being smaller and like being more focused focused on quality. Because I'm not going to lie, I think Point Blank has a lot of quality in their book. I think. Uh, Miletus has a lot of cl- a lot of quality in their book, and I think Columbia. There's some quality that just gets lost. The book is so big, and there's brands in there that make great beer that you just don't see as much anymore because there's so many other options. And so it's really nice to see to hear from someone like Robbie, that is, you know, crafting his book, you know, that company's book to have great options all over the place and not from be lesser too large. Known yes. Yes. Introducing people beers to people here and I think it's fu- I, I thought it was fa- really funny and fascinating that he said Chuck and Nut was like Oregon doesn't care about us yeah and it's like it's I wonder if a lot of people outside the state feel like oh they're so involved in their own bubble they won't care whereas I think just from doing this podcast and talking to people in the state it's the complete opposite I think it's the exact yeah, opposite introduce too. new interesting beers and people here will I was gonna say eat it up they will drink it up I, I think I think one thing you know and we can finish up with this thought I think one thing is you know, we are so supportive in this state. We are so supportive in this state of each other, and we and we need each other to prosper and grow and keep the market growing. Find tap into new demographics and 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 keep experimenting and keep you know keep building to quality. But at the end of the day, we just love good beer, and we don't really care who makes it. We support each other because it's our industry and our craft. But at the end of the day, we're just beer drinkers. And if Beachwood wants to send me a Citra Forward IPA in a can. I don't care if you're from California. I don't care if you're from Austin, Texas. I don't care if you're from Philly. Like, I just want good, fresh, yeah. clean beer. And I think maybe there might be a stereotype, and it probably does exist, but you know, all stereotypes have some truth to them, is that there are some people here who say, I only want to drink an Oregon beer. And yeah. when I first moved here, I think I fell into that because it was new to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, why would I drink a beer out of state if I just moved to the crappier capital of the country? Right. 
And um, so I, I was really, really staunch. Like if I, if I would go to a restaurant and they're tapless and they would like signify Oregon or not, I would almost always get an Oregon beer. Mm-hmm. And I've changed now. You know, A, I'm more knowledgeable about what breweries exist in what states and like what is big beer and what's not and what makes good beer. But generally I was like, oh, Oregon makes good beer and that's all I know. And now I'm at the point where it's like, I'll drink a Beachwood beer if I see it because I know yeah. it's really, really good. So yeah. I think there might be a lot of people in the state who probably do feel that way. Mm-hmm. But they go, ah, it's not Oregon. I don't care. But as you become more of a craft beer person, I think you start to open your horizons to those other states. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think Robbie kind of touched on this, too, when he was chatting with us. It's like, I think if you are trying to break into this market, you better have a good quality, good product. Yeah. Because we have pl- there, there's enough bad beer in this state to go around. We don't need other people's bad beer. So if you're going to break into here, if you're going to be a, a Beachwood, a Chuckanut, a Matchless, a, you know, Skookum, whatever, like... You have to come down here with a quality product or you won't last. That's going to do it for today's episode. I'm not sure 100% what we're doing yet next week, um, but we'll figure that out for you. And we'll release another one on Thursday next week as well. Um, most likely on Thursday next week. Uh, I might have something going on that uh, Fair enough. That changes that. But uh, we, will, we will likely release one for you next week. Uh, follow us, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Radio.com, Omni Stitcher, TennyToTheFan.com. Give us a rating, give us a, a subscribe, and uh, give us a review. It helps out. And uh, follow us, Instagram.com slash beers on us, as well as uh, PDD085 on Instagram. That's Patrick. And then I'm at MikeLynch27 on Twitter. Uh, We will see you next week. Traces. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 